As always, it's so good to be with you. And how are we doing, church? Three weeks from today's Christmas. <laughs> Am I ready? No, but you will be. I know a couple more weeks I'll ask. Oh, yeah, we're ready. We're ready to go. Okay, well, it's three, three more weeks. Uh, really, we're, in the, we're really in the, the uh, energy and the spirit of the season. Really see it last, uh, last just a couple days ago. We had our Aces luncheon, our Christmas luncheon, and what a wonderful time that was as we gathered together to just share with one another and, and win a few prizes. That's always nice, isn't it? But uh, that was good. And then just to see the, all of the generosity the somebody was uh, saying a while ago that, boy, the kids' eyes are getting about that big when they walk by all those presents over there. Uh, you know, 450, 450 uh, people, I think that's a lot. Uh, the thing that really impresses me, though, I have to tell you this, because I can't wrap presents. I've tried, but they look rough when I get done with them. I got good intention, but they sure don't look pretty. But yours look pretty. You know, and uh, it gives you a sense of dignity. Here, here we are giving people things. Sometimes we think that we give people and they just deserve what they can get. But you really show a sense of dignity that, that, that shows in, even in the wrapping. And uh, the smiles that that's going to put on children's faces and adults, priceless, right? It's truly priceless. So thank you so much. Um, I want us to focus a little bit of time this morning on the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah is one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament. We know that. The thing that I like about Isaiah is his clearness. Uh, he's very clear about the prophecy. And, that, and that's one of the reasons that we like to read Isaiah so much during this season of the, of the church year. Because he's very clear and specific, succinct, you might call it, about the Messiah. And you got to remember, they, this was written 700 years before Jesus shows up. Uh, that's, that's a pretty long time. But, uh, he, you know, he is, uh, he, he just, God gave him the vision. It's sort of like, like we heard, well, Jesus says God can raise anything up he wants to out of stones, you know. God's God. You know that, don't you? And God can do whatever he wants to do, and that's a wonderful thing. Um, the thing I really like about this uh, Isaiah in today's reading is there's uh, points in it that have to do with the mountains. I come from uh, the mountains of southeastern Kentucky and I love the mountains. And I was, as I was uh, reflecting upon that, when I was 10 years old, my mom would let me go up in the mountains. I mean, I could go two or three miles from home. Now today we don't go two or three feet from the house. Uh, up into the, you know, up into the mountains, and the only thing she would tell me, she didn't say be careful or anything like all she'd say is, don't come home with falling in the creek, don't do that, you know, make sure your clothes are clean, and, and they're dry, and your shoes, and not muddy, see, but I figured her out, <clears throat> I figured out how to get around that, I just jump on the stones in the creek, and I'm not going to get in the water, you know, that's what I do, because I love creeks. And uh, guess what? I fall in the creek. Then I go home, and boy, she'd tear me up. <laughs> that's about all I could say about it. She said, you, you're all soaking wet, you're muddy, all that kind of thing. See, I was the problem child. 
we had four brothers, there was four of us, but mom always said I was the hardest one to raise, so uh, I truly believe that. But I love to go up in the mountains and uh, just to be there. I think that's one of my, why I have such a love for God and a love for nature today. Um, but up in the mountains, you know, mountains, you don't have any flat ground. When you don't have flat ground, you can't build a plant. You can't build a place where people can come work. So what, are you, what is it that your economy? Well, it's driven on natural resources. What do you find in, on the, in the mountain? You find coal, don't you? Find coal in the mountain, and then on the mountain you find trees, lumber, natural resources. And so uh, it was not unusual at all when I would go up in the mountains to see where uh, trees had been harvested and they're, they're cut down to the stump. All that you see is the stump. That's all that's left. So uh, when, I, when the first time I read this a long time ago, this passage, is, it just really rung with me because it reminded me of, as a little boy walking around because you'd come up, at times you'd come up on these stumps, these decayed stumps that had a sprout coming out of it. And boy, I loved that. There, there, was, something, there was something about life. See, that's newness, isn't it? Isn't it newness? And that's what God says, you know. He, he says, Isaiah says, he talks about the stump of Jesse. Well, what does that mean? Well, you know who Jesse is, don't you? Uh, Jesse was the father of David. David was the great king of Israel. And it was prophesied that uh, the Messiah would come through this line. And it, it did, as, as God definitely predicted that it would. Um, but uh, the stump was, all that was left of Jesse at this point was the stump. That's it. See, it had all been cut down. The nation had been destroyed. God says, I'm going to raise something out of that. Isn't that sort of what we've heard in the gospel reading today? I'm going to raise something out of that. See, God can do anything. You know that, don't you? You know that, don't you? God can do anything. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to raise you. I'm going to raise this Messiah still going to come, even though all you got's a stump. You know, I can do that. I'm God. Remember that. And, uh, and that's exactly what he does. It also reminds me, uh, Isaiah, where God talks in another place. The people were really depressed. At this point, they had been dispersed all over the known world, and they were depressed about it. And God says... I'm going to do something new. I'm going to bring you all back together. And uh, he uses the word metamorphosis. I'm going to do something transformational. And that's where the word comes for the butterfly when it uh, makes its transformation from caterpillar to wonderful butterfly. So just some, you know, some really, really exciting things. But God said, I'm going to do something new. And he can do the same thing in your life. God says, I can do something new in your life. That's encouraging, isn't it? Well, what's God going to do? He's going to, in today's passage, he's going to restore peace. He's going to bring peace. Peace that is beyond all understanding. That's why today and the second Sunday of Advent, we celebrate peace. Last weekend, it was hope. Celebrate peace. Do you need any peace in your life? Boy, I tell you, it's, it's rough out there. Everybody needs peace today, don't they? Yes, absolutely. Do you, you know this? You were made for peace. You were made for peace. That's pretty cool, isn't it? 
when you think about it, yeah, God made you that way. He made all things that way, actually. There's to be peace. I think um, one of the things that really impresses me when you think about it is creation. Uh, you know, due to the sinfulness of man, due to the original sin of man, everything in life has been disrupted. Ever since day one, it's been disrupted. Now, we usually think, well, well we, we can see that pretty simply when we look at some of the actions and the attitudes of human beings. But did you know that it affects everything? Did you know it affects even the animals? Now, there's a profound thought. Paul had already thought about that. That wasn't nothing new to him. But there's a thought, the implication. I mean, the implications of that is just out of this world when you think about it. But even creation cannot find peace because of man's sinfulness. There's something to think about. That really, that really is. I like what he said in Romans 8. He said, for creation was, was subjected to frustration but not by its own choosing or its choice, but, uh, but God liberated creation from its bondage to decay. You know, animals and creatures, they didn't, they didn't want that upon them, didn't they? But they, how they longed for peace. You ever thought about that? I, I just had a thought just a couple of days ago, first time I ever thought about it, I don't know why, it is now, but uh, think about this. The animals that were around the manger when Jesus was laid in the manger, you think they felt peace. Cattle's lowing, you know, poor babes awake, yeah. Didn't make little Lord Jesus, no crying he made. Absolutely. They were at peace. They were happy. See, creation itself was being liberated from man's sinfulness. And peace was being brought upon the earth. And then what, what Isaiah does is he fast forwards it to going upon the holy mountain of God, meaning the new Jerusalem. This is in the life that is to come. You know, and he talks about after the Messiah comes and the Messiah restores us and renews our relationship to God, then comes the kingdom of God. And in the kingdom of God, there is peace. Peace. And he says even the animals are at peace. I like that, don't you? We don't think about the animals, the poor animals, but boy, they're at peace as well. And that's really good. You know, a couple things that really struck me about uh, his prophecy at this point. One is that there's, angel, there's animals in heaven. You know that? Yeah, there'll be animals in heaven. We love our animals, don't we? Well, I got, I love animals. I mean, I, I truly love them. Yeah, uh, there'll be angels, there'll be animals in heaven. They may be angels, you might call them that too. But uh, they will definitely be in heaven. That's part of God's design, God, part of God's plan. But the thing that really impresses me as you read that first reading is everything's at peace. You know, another word that goes with peace is harmony. Do you like harmony or do you like disorder and chaos? Which one do you like? Give me harmony, okay? I want harmony. 
but there's a sense of, see, there's a restoration. We don't realize it, but this is a profound thought. It's an extremely profound thought. The, the extensiveness of man's sin affects everything, has and always will, until God makes everything right, and we end up with him in that heavenly city, because what do we, what do we see? Well, what, what are some of the illustrations? He says the cow and the lion lie together. He says the wolf and the lamb. He says the leopard and the child. You know, you put any of those together today, what kind of combination do you get? You got problems, don't you? 